You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. With our two-minute ministry time, and I'm going to call up Rebecca, Rebecca Henderson, and she's going to share. We want this two-minute space to be a space where we can have testimonies, what the Lord's doing in our lives, but also uh, share missions opportunities, missions reports, and uh, theological teaching. So there's a lot of different uh, things that we're going to use this space for, but really excited because Rebecca's got um, an announcement about a trip that she's going on, and we have an opportunity to get involved with it. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, your pictures didn't open up in the email today, so uh, I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, I'm sure it's Satan in the email. <laughs> so and that happens to me sometimes. So um, yeah, would love to just hear what you have to say about your trip. Hi, my name is Rebecca. I'm a junior nursing major at the University of Sioux Falls, and I have the opportunity to go back to Kenya. So last January, um, I went on about two and a half week long mission trip to uh, Eldoret, Kenya, where I, we did a medical mission trip. Um, and so we got to build relationships with kids at the school that we partnered with, as well as um, we got to provide medical care. So we had about four or five clinics. And during that time, we, had, we saw um, around 1,400 patients in about five days. Um, so it was really cool and humbling. Um, and we got to see God perform a ton of miracles um, and just see him work um, in the lives of the Kenyan people. Um, and I have the opportunity to go back this January. Um, so I would love it if you guys could come behind me with prayer and support me um, just for safety, that God would do work in my heart and the hearts of the African people. I do have letters um, that have more in-depth prayer requests. Um, so if you want one of those, come find me afterwards. If you want to hear more of what is happening in Kenya, I would love to get coffee with you guys and just talk about it. Um, but if you could also support me financially, that would be um, incredible as well. It's about $2,600. Um, so if you prayerfully consider that, that would be awesome. But um, I truly believe that God has called me to the mission field. Um, and for right now, that's Kenya. So if you guys could support me prayerfully, that would be amazing. And on top of that, Rebecca, you could just stay here for a minute. You're not done yet. <laughs> on top of that, Rebecca went to um, partake in Engage Global, which is um, a really cool missions sending organization in the cities. Um, and they, she did a training last weekend, uh, which is super cool, and just came to us and said, I don't know what's going on, but I just feel like the Holy Spirit's doing something in my heart towards global missions. Um, and, and whether that's like a long-term call or midterm, we're just trying to discern that. And so we've asked also for you to just be praying for Rebecca specifically in this time. This is a season of discernment for her. And um, I just think that's super cool that the Holy Spirit is answering the prayers that we pray every Sunday and every week. And he's using us to answer our own prayers. Um, so Rebecca's a huge answer to prayer in, in that she's going, but also that she's considering going more long term even. And um, being in a place where uh, the gospel has not fully gone and, and um, really being the hands and feet of Christ. My first mission trip was a medical mission trip, and I remember thinking like, man, it sucks because they're not going to have this kind of medical um, attention after we leave. And I remember talking with the doctor that I went with, and he said, um, yeah, that's true, Dave, but this is a drawing card for the gospel. And so while it's very important that we're ministering to their physical needs, we also use this as an opportunity to bring them their deepest need, which is Christ. And um, so we, that, that has stuck with me forever. And so I'm really excited to support Rebecca. How do we give to you? Is that on your letter? Yes. 
Okay, because she needs support, prayer support, but also financial support. We want to get behind you. And how cool that we all get to be a part of it by doing those two things. So really excited. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing today, praying for you. Yes, let's give her a hand. And we're looking forward to the reports when you come back uh, during the two-minute ministry time. Um, Let's get into God's Word here today. Pastor Bill is going to jump back into our series, A Pretty Decent Church. Uh, this is Orphan Sunday. Um, this is the national Sunday where we, where we as the community of Christ, as the church, um, recognize the need for um, our hearts to be towards the orphan, vulnerable children around the world, uh, where we strengthen and bolster adoption movements, um, where we just raise awareness, all the children around the world that are left without uh, parents and families to care for them. And we recognize that God's heart throughout the canon of Scripture is towards the orphan, right? The orphan, the widow, and the immigrant, time and time and time again. And so today is a special day um, in my heart, obviously, and to hear Pastor Bill preach on this, I'm looking forward to it. But let's read the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, where he writes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual blessings in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. This is God's word. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. It's it's kind of fun that this particular sermon in our series, we planned the series out and laid out the sermons and the dates, and... uh, we realized in the office that this sermon was falling on Orphan Sunday, which is a, a national um, sort of event that many churches in different denominations around, around the nation and around the world actually uh, celebrate, and they, they take the time out to acknowledge um, orphans. Um, and uh, so by God's grace, he has moved us to this Sunday to uh, share about adoption We've preached about adoption in this church already. Uh, that's If you've been in this church for a while, I know that you've heard at least two sermons in the past on adoption. Um, I know because I preached one of them, and I sat and listened to the one that David preached. Um, so some of you have gotten it twice, okay? Uh, so you may hear some repeat pieces here and there uh, in this message today. This is kind of a message of both of those sermons and a, a few other uh, things as well. Um, but uh, this is something we want to keep before us. This is something we don't want to let go of. We don't want to miss the opportunities that we have uh, to talk about adoption, and we believe that uh, adoption is very significant, uh, not only for uh, individuals, but it's significant for the church as well, and we believe that this needs to be one of the markers, one of the significant pieces of a pretty decent church is that it is a church that embraces Adoption, not just adoption as a concept, but that it embraces adoption in that it embraces families who adopt 
uh, that we encourage adoption, that we support financially, uh, emotionally, spiritually uh, adoptive families, and that uh, we want very much to create a culture where adoption is not only thought well of, uh, our, uh, is, is, a, is a noble idea, our concept, but adoption is a very integral part of the church because it is a very integral part of God. It is a part of God's DNA. Um, I think that we have to be able to say as a church that adoption uh, is one of the profound realities that we get to experience, both ourselves and our relationship with the Lord, but also in the church as families decide to adopt and, and we get around them. Um, adoption goes beyond this world that we're talking about now. We look at adoption and we look at our world and we think, yes, there are children who need to be adopted. It's something that's good in the world that we live in, but the idea of adoption started in, in, in eternity uh, and adoption will go beyond this earth as we know it now when Jesus returns and establishes kingdom. So uh, what we're saying is that adoption is in God's DNA. Uh, adoption is a part of God, uh, and I hope that you'll be able to see that in the next few minutes as we talk about this in the scriptures. What I want to do this morning is I'm, I want to try to convince you of about three things this morning. I want you to leave here today uh, with these things on your heart and in your mind, all right? These would be maybe talking points for you and prayer points for you as you go beyond the sermon today. Uh, but I have three aims this morning in preaching to you, and number one is that all of us, all of us would consider and we would embrace this, this sort of amazing wonder of our own adoption, all right? The adoption that we have experienced and received coming into God's family through Jesus Christ. I hope that that is profoundly impacting you today and that when you leave here, you are in awe of what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ, in bringing him to, uh, sending him to the earth uh, to die and to be resurrected for you, uh, that you might be adopted into the family of God. The second thing that I would like to see happen this morning is I, I would like for us, you and I as a church, that we would support the ministry of adoption, all right? Uh, and by that I mean the Ministry of Life Church. Uh, you can do that by giving money to the adoption fund that we have, the Life Church Adoption Fund. You can also do that by supporting Caitlin's Fund. You can do that financially, or you can get around the monthly uh, support group that we put together for all of the adoptive families in the region to come in and to be ministered to, be, to and to be loved on. So you can become a part of that. You can volunteer uh, once a month for that, or you can just give financially uh, in, in some way to that as well. And the third thing that I would like to see happen here, and I believe this is probably the most important one, the most uh, in serious one of all, is that I would ask you that if you are a young family, if you are a young married couple or you are about to get married, that you would actually consider if God would have you adopt, if God would be calling you to make that kind and that level of sacrifice, <laughs> and that you as a family could see the overflow of God's goodness and grace into your own lives and be willing to take that step and make that kind of sacrifice that a child or children would be able to, to be received into your family and you could grow them 
in the kingdom of God and parent them and, and they could flourish in your home. None of this is, is easy, but all of this is good and it's right and it's necessary for us to be the kind of church that God would want us to be. My personal belief this morning, folks, is, is that you and I need, we really need to enjoy and celebrate our own adoption. <laughs> I don't think we do that. I don't think that most of us day by day actually think about that I've been adopted. Most of you have probably come from a, a, a pretty decent earthly family, all right? You have maybe a, a mom and a dad or at least a, a, a one parent in your life, and, and they've probably, for the most part, been good for you. Some of you don't have that story. I understand that, that obviously. But uh, uh, most of you probably have come from a, a, a family, and you have parents on this earth. You certainly have biological parents that you can reference here on earth. And so it doesn't occur to you to think about being adopted. But that's something that you and I need to be mindful of, all right, is that God has adopted us, that he has brought us into his kingdom, that we are his children, all right, and that we are family together and that we need to be able to support each other uh, in this sort of leap of faith in adopting. And I think we do that best when we can celebrate our own adoption, when we can uh, appreciate it uh, and, and embrace it and, and enjoy it. So back to Scripture. I, I, I think that adoption, as it's mentioned here in Ephesians, and I, I tried to be careful about the, the Scripture I selected this morning, but I, I believe that this text is good for us today as we talk about and ponder this. Um, and if, I want to focus on verses 5 and 6. And in Ephesians 5, it says, In love, He, the Lord God, adopted us, or He predestined us for that adoption. All right? He did that through Jesus Christ. He did it according to the purpose of His will. It was His will to adopt us. And He also did it to the praise of His glorious grace. God's intent in adopting us to us to receive praise and glory out of the adoption, all right? Now, there are three things that, that, and I hope you can follow along with me here, but there are three things that I want to point out from this passage about God adopting us, all right? Um, and, and these three things are, are important for us to, to lay the foundation, if you will, for our own adoption. If you study Romans chapter 11, especially if you read verse 36, I think that will help us to understand this a little better uh, because that verse says, from him, meaning God, from him and through him, meaning God, all right, from him and through him and to him, meaning God, all right, so from him and through him and to him are all things, all things. All right, so then it says, to him be glory forever, amen. All things, including adoption, are from God. They are through God, and they are unto God, all right? And that's what I want you to see. I want you to see the from, the through, and the to as we look at this passage in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. All right, so let's take it and break it down here. 
First of all, adoption is from God. It's not an earthly thing. It didn't come from some nice person. It didn't come from some smart person. It came from him, from God, all right? In love, he, the Father, predestined us for adoption. So adoption is part of God's plan. It it was his idea. It was his purpose. And it's not some afterthought that God came up with later. All right. God didn't discover one day that, that against his plan and, and against his foreknowledge, all of a sudden we sinned and we orphaned ourselves in the world. God has never been caught off guard by any action of mankind. All right. And, and so the idea of adopting was God's. It was in God uh, from the beginning. All right. Paul says here, this, this adoption is predestined. In other words, God planned it way back then, all right? He didn't just suddenly come up with it later, all right? And, and verse 4 makes it plain. It says, he chose us in him, in, in Christ, all right, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Before the world was created, before we existed, God looked on us in our sin, in our condition, if you will, and there in that condition, in that place of need, God determined that he would make a way to adopt us. The first thing that you need to know about adoption into God's family through Christ is that God chose you, God predestined you out of his love for you, all right? And he did this before you were ever born. He did this before you ever committed an act. He did this before you ever thought a thought. He did this before you ever spoke a word. He did this before you ever had a feeling inside of you to do anything or not do anything. He did this before you ever determined to follow him or not. God already decided that he would and, and, and uh, uh, predestined for you to be adopted, and he already began to make that way for this to happen. So, so God's love for you and, and, and the expression of that love in adoption, in, in adoption is like this is God's idea of family. God already wanted you to be in his family. He already desired for you to do that. Now, the implication here is this. Your adoption is not based on your fitness. Your adoption is not based on your worth. Can you believe I'm hot? I don't believe it, but I'm warm in here today. So I'm sure some of you are probably cooking out there. All right, but, but let, let's stay with this, okay? You're, it, it's not about what you can do. It's not about your worth. It's not about some distinctive about you, okay? It's rooted in God's eternal purposes and grace and nothing else, all right? And, and that means that your adoption is not fragile. Uh, it, it's not uncertain. It's not precarious. It's sound. It's solid. It's anchored. It's done, all right? And there's no going back on it, 
All right? God intended to adopt you, and he's never going to change his mind about adopting you, and he will never look back and say, I regret that I adopted men and women. This, come on, people. This is a good thing. This is, this, is, this is God's great work. This is God's great expression of his love for us. All right? So adoption comes from the Father and nothing else, all right? Secondly, adoption is through Jesus Christ and Him alone. All things are from Him and through Him. This is true of adoption. You can see it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. In love, He predestined us for adoption. What does He say? Through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will. All right? He desired and he willed for you and I to be adopted and to that to be done through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? It means that to be adopted by God, we had to be died for. There's no other way. Jesus had to die for you and I for us to be adopted in. Verse 7 says, in him, meaning Christ, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Only by the blood of Jesus are you saved. You can't get in any other way. You, you can't enter into the family. You can't be adopted into the family outside of Christ and Christ alone. There is no other way for you to be adopted, all right? And so it's through Christ. So, so before the foundation of the world, God saw that you and I would be sinners, and so he planned the death of his son, so that our sins could be forgiven, that God's wrath for sin could be removed from us, that we could experience not only his love, but his acceptance, all right? And we could be brought into his family, though we are outside and separated from his family, all right? And so we are clearly then adopted in. Now, there's a couple of implications here that I want you to understand this morning to solidify your foundation here, and that is this. Not all people are God's adopted children. You may be sitting here today, and you may not be adopted. You may still be out there orphaned. All right? We... The blood of Jesus covers the sins, the Bible says, of all who believe, Romans 3.25. Therefore, it is a believer who is adopted by Jesus and not others. If we talk about God being the father of, of all mankind, you've you got to be speaking a bit loosely there, okay? He is the creator, okay? But... but in the truest sense, you are adopted in when you are saved. And I want you to understand that very clearly today. And the second implication here is that, that is that the whole idea of being adopted through Jesus. We're not just cute little orphans that God was attracted to. The Bible says you were the enemy of God. 
The Bible says if you don't know Jesus, if you are not in Christ, you are at enmity, you are at war with God. And so we're all born, well, most of us are born cute little babies. But your cuteness doesn't get you adopted. And I admire these, these families in Life Church who have adopted because they didn't go over and have a bunch, thank God, and have a bunch of kids line up and they get to look at all of them and see which one's the cutest or the prettiest or whatever and say, okay, I pick you because you look like you're the cutest or you look like you're talented or you look like you got it together. No. They prayed and they sought God, and in the sovereignty of God, God gave them the child that he desired for them to adopt. And aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't line you up at some point and start to look at you and say, well, I'll take you and you and you. Oh, I'll take you too, and maybe, okay, I'll take you two over here because you all look cute and good. No. You're predestined to be adopted because of the love of the Father. And the Father's desire to restore you back to family. And so we are living out of the adoption that Jesus has paid for. He has taken care of, all right? And that happened before the foundation of the world. Romans 5, 6 says, for While we were still weak, at the right time, Jesus died for the ungodly. And four verses later, it says, While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. There's no other way. There's just no other way. That's the way it is, all right? So our adoption is based on our being worthy? Uh, no. Of our being cute? No. Of our being attractive? No. Of our being perfect? No. It is the free and sovereign grace of God planned before the foundation of the world and is brought to us only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and by faith you believe in him. That is the gospel. That is the gospel, all right? Now, third point. Adoption is for God's glory. All things are from him and through him and to him, all right? Adoption, therefore, is to the Lord God, all right? Adoption is for his glory. I'm sure that if you talk with the families in Life Church and others who have adopted children, then they're going to tell you that there's not a lot of glory in, in adoption, all right? There's not a lot of personal glory that comes in that, all right? Some of us who are not informed of what the cost is and the, and the ongoing challenges of being an adoptive family, until we're informed we have sort of a romantic view of this. We think, oh, that's a sweet little child, and they're going to be so grateful because we took them out of a really adverse situation. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. And you need, this is one of the things you need to do as a part of Life Church, is get around the adoptive families and let them share some of their story with you. All right? So that you can learn and you can understand and you can see what this is all about. And that will actually help you to understand our great God, our Heavenly Father, and what He has done for us, all right? The goal of your adoption is to give glory to God, not to make you feel good, or not even to make you feel worth something, all right? You're created to bring glory to God. 
That's his ultimate plan. That's his ultimate will. God adopts us in our unworthiness to make his grace look great. That's what God wants to do. We're adopted for the praise and the glory of God's grace. God's action in adopting us is radically God-centered. It's not you-centered. Sorry to tell some of you that, because I think some of you as Christians think that in your Christian little world here in Western America that everything about this world centers around you, and it really doesn't. I'm sorry, but it centers around God. It is ultimately about God, all right? So God has taken this action of adopting us. And, and I'm sure that some people are already going along, well, that's not very loving then if, if, he, if he's only adopting us so he gets glory for it. Yes, it is. It's very loving because that's the way he designed you. That's the way you're created. That's your DNA. You are created to give glory to God. You are an instrument of God's glory being brought forth in the earth, all right? You are a glory barrier, uh, one who bears the glory of God in and through your life, all right? That's what you're called to do. That's what you're created to do. That's what God's intention is for you. And so when God adopts you, he doesn't adopt you so that you can step back and go, gosh, I'm the most wonderful person in the world because God adopted me. No, God is the most wonderful God in the world because he made a way for you to be adopted. And so we take the glory off of us. We take the focus off of us, and we put it on God. So when we have adopted families in the body of Christ, they are a greater, more ultimate representation of this glory unto God because we get to see the adoption of the Father in a first situation as a first family. We get to see it together. It is the church. And so that's what we live in, and we live to be able to give God glory. And so you and I need to come around the adoptive families and say, how do we help you? How do we serve you? How do we walk with you? Because you are helping us to get a better understanding and a better picture and a better witness of the first family and of our Father who has adopted us into his kingdom. And we treasure you in that. You bring a greater fullness. You bring a greater completion to the church as you come in as an adoptive family. And so all of us begin to, to express the glory of God, all right, as a gracious father, because see, he's always been working and moving to get us, to get us, his children, back on right tracking with him, walking in the spirit. And he's doing that all the time. That's, that's why he released the Holy Spirit God didn't adopt you and say, okay, go figure it out. I did my part. Tell you what, you ask any adoptive family in life church, if the hardest part was over when they received their adoptive child. <laughs> no. No, some of the hardest pieces had not yet begun to happen and maybe haven't happened yet. All right? And so... These families need you and I to support them in what they are doing because it is bringing glory to God, but it is also helping all of us as we ache and as we, we, we moan and we groan and we cry and we move together as the body in all of this. We are being shaped and transformed more and more and more like the image of Jesus Christ.
And that is what God wants to do. And that is what God enjoys. All right? And I'm going to tell you something. Ultimately, you may think that there's a lot of things in this world that will satisfy you, but there is nothing that will satisfy your soul more than exalting God for the work that he has done to bring you into his family and to bring you into right relationship with him. All right, so we're adopted by God not so that we will rejoice that God has made much of us, but we are adopted by God so that we will enjoy making much about God's grace in our lives. He is our Heavenly Father, and we can cry that to Him, all right? So you and I need to start, if you're not doing it now, and here, here's, here's my premise, you and I have never yet enjoyed God enough. We have never yet embraced the joyful side of God to the extent that we, we are privileged to or that God would want us to. All right? We tend to get our eyes off God and on the world. We tend to get our eyes off the goodness of God and on the circumstances surrounding us. We tend to get our eyes away from the, the great work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and we look at certain circumstances and situations that we're in, and we fail to give God glory. We fail to choose to be joyful in the circumstances that we are in. And this is something that the enemy uses against us all the time. And I believe that God wants and desires for you and I to enjoy him and to enjoy our relationship with him as a part of his family. Let me back this up from another passage of Scripture. Let me just read it to you. You can turn to it if you want to. It's Romans 8, verses 12 through 15. Brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. You see, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption at work in the earth. It's the Holy Spirit of God that makes you and I sons and daughters of God. We've received this spirit of adoption into our own lives. And this, fear, uh, this, this spirit of adoption opposes the spirit of fear that the enemy would want to bring upon you. Because if, if the enemy can get you to fear in some level in some way, then you will look for other ways to find comfort. You will look for other ways to find, find an out. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. So the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit in us, gives us our identity so that we live out of our adoption and not out of our former ways. And so we don't fall back into those former ways, all right? So we, when we have received this, there is not, again, a spirit of bondage that we fall into, all right? So we don't live out of the law. We live out of relationship, all right? Because we're not under the law anymore. We're in relationship with the Father because he has adopted us, and we can cry, Abba, Father. Abba and Father is, is Aramaic and Greek. It's two, those two. Abba means father. Father means father. 
I'm not sure exactly why we had to have those two words put together, but I've got a good hunch. Let's go back to last Sunday. Jews and Gentiles, get it? He's father to all. He's father to every one of us. It doesn't matter what word you use. You can call him daddy. Some of you do. Some of you feel the need to come to him in a, in a more formal way and say, Father, that's okay. It's great. Some of you like Abba. Some of you just like going to your elder brother. You're the, hey, Jesus group. <laughs> yeah. But you go. God wants to establish in your thinking and in your heart this sense that you are able to come to him because he is your father. You are his child. You're his son or his daughter. And so the Holy Spirit is constantly at work making you and I children of God. And in being children of God, we also are heirs. And so this is why we cry, Abba, Father. You and I, we're kind of familiar with adoption today, like when a couple is unable to have children and, and uh, they may naturally just adopt a child to be a part of their, their family. Uh, that's a wonderful picture. Um, but there's a lot more to our adoption than just that, that Jesus and, and the Father were lonely or they didn't have any children and so they just wanted to adopt a child. You see, you and I were deliberately chosen to receive an inheritance. God's intent was for us to be able to have a heart cry back to him. And that was lost in the original fall. That identity was, was taken out. And so God, God longed to have you back. And in, in sending his son the whole intent and purpose was to, to solidify this relationship once again, to restore this relationship through the death of Jesus Christ. And so you and I, we are able to have that kind of intimacy, that level of intimacy with the Lord. That generous act of God should require you and I to respond generously to those around us in a, in a variety of ways. And one of those is that you and I begin and determine in our hearts that we're going to be intentional about supporting adoption. That's where it has to come to. Let, let me give you five things, all right, to think about here quickly. Especially speaking about parents who, who are adopting children. We in Life Church, we, we want to adopt children not for our own glory, but for God's glory. And I've already gone through that with you, so I think you understand that, all right? We adopt a child not, not so that we, we can be puffed up uh, or that we can look good, but so that God can be glorified in the earth. That's absolutely essential. So when, when, when we talk about adoption, we don't talk about, oh, we're the church that adopts. You know, we're, we, we got it. You know, we're it. We're special in some way. No, 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 no. What, what we, we say is we understand the great price that has been paid for us. And we're willing to pay a great price to see others come into the kingdom of God and to be restored into families. 
The second thing is in adopting or rearing children. Our, our goal is not to make so much of the child, but rather to live and to teach and to lead in such a way that our children are growing up enjoying making much of God. We love our children. We affirm our children. We bless our children. We teach our children. We train and raise up our children, but not for them, that they too, like us, can glorify the Father. And so all that we are doing is to impart godliness and righteousness to our children. That's our, that's our aim. It's not to, 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 to cause a child to take a low view of himself, um, but, but our, our desire has to be that, that we don't give them too high a view of themselves, but we give them a really high view of God. And we encourage them to go as high as they can go. Here's what true humility is, my friend. It isn't being small. It isn't being little. It isn't being quiet. It isn't refusing success. Humility is saying, no matter how far I rise in the kingdom of God, God is always higher than I am. And my dependency is always on Him. And so then I can do great things. I can do great exploits. I can adopt children. I can raise a family. I can be a parent. I can do these things through this greatness of God. And so our intent in Life Church is that all of our children, whether they are adoptive children or biological children, is that they are growing up knowing that there is a great and a good God who is their heavenly Father, who has adopted all of them into his kingdom as well as all of us. In adopting, we model for children and others the mercy and the justice of God. It is important that you and I model mercy and this is what adoptive families do. They, they freely choose to love their child no matter what. And I think one of, the, one of the greatest benefits of being in a church that embraces and comes around adoptive families is what we learn from them. And I have learned more from our adoptive families of this amazing grace of God than I ever knew before I walked shoulder to shoulder with these families just seeing what they, they go through and what they deal with and the challenges of an adoptive family. It's, it's amazing. And, and so often I see the mercy of God being extended constantly over and over and over and over. You see, these, these children who are adopted don't pass a test to get adopted. They don't, have to, they don't have to earn it. They are freely loved and they're freely chosen without meeting ulterior conditions. So we don't, we don't base our choice on what we see in life church, all right? We love because we have been loved, and this is mercy. Anybody coming through that door can be loved, regardless of what they've done, where they've been, or who they did it with, all right? They will be loved here, all right? We will accept. We will forgive. We will love. We will continually support and encourage and bless inside of life church. And so we don't look at actions alone and make decisions about people based on their actions. We make our decisions about people based on their value and what God has done for them. And what he has done for them is exactly what he has done for you. He has adopted them into his family. And we know, we know from Hebrews 12 that 
the Lord's discipline. My goodness, it's awful, awfully painful sometimes. It says in Hebrews 12 that, that discipline comes, but it's, it's proportionally given out based on love. And whom the Father loves, He disciplines. And, and He disciplines in a variety of ways, and, and we, have to, we have to be open to whatever the, the Lord needs to do in our lives in terms of, of, of discipline. But, but we don't discipline our children based on just what they do. We, we base our discipline on what God's desire and will and purpose is and His great love for them, and we discipline out of mercy and out of justice and out of love all of our children, not just adopted children. But here's what you've got to understand. Adoptive children come with special issues and special needs and special circumstances. And sometimes they don't always act the way you do because they come from a different culture. Sometimes they don't speak the, the, the kind of nuanced language that you do, even if they speak English. All right? It, it, it's different than yours. And so you and I have to live out of this mercy and out of this grace for these children in Life Church. And you know what? More than judging them, more than looking at them, more than wondering about them, more than keeping distance from them. We need to jump in there with them, and we need to celebrate them. And we need to celebrate what God has done to bring them into our lives to teach us more about Him. You see, a self-centered world cuts its losses. That's why a lot of people in this world aren't getting married. That's why a lot of people aren't having children. They're very much about themselves. This is not life church. Singleness is great. If you, and, and I can't put anything on top of what Christina spoke to you a few Sundays ago. Read the book, all right? Okay, but, but what I want you to understand here is that you and I cannot live a life that is centered around ourselves and be a part of the first family. We can't, we can't live in the family of God and live out of our own selfishness and out of our own self-centeredness. We have to be willing to get around one another and love one another and care about one another and hold on to one another. And I say that to say this. The, the, the fourth thing I want to point out here is that, that adopting, it'll almost certainly bring heartache and stress and suffering into a particular family just, just like Sin and the need to adopt cost God the life of His Son. And that's where we land. And that's not unique to adoption. It, it can happen. It, it does happen. With, it happens with our biological children as well as our adoptive children. Here's the implication for us, folks, is we adopt with open eyes, wide open and adoption can bring pain. It can even bring tragedy. But we embrace it just the way God embraced the death of His Son and brought it forth so that you and I could be redeemed. And we don't look back and regret that. We look forward and understand that everything that we are doing, we are doing it with kingdom in mind. We're looking ahead to the kingdom that will be established. And because of that kingdom... We do what we do and we make the decisions that we make. Our decisions must be informed by the kingdom that is coming, not by the circumstances that we are in. And if you are one of those families who will dare to adopt, you've got to have a firm faith that the all-sufficiency of God 
is not only a grace for the moment, but it's a future grace. That what you do, God will be sufficient ahead for the unknown, the things that you don't know that you will encounter in your life. Every one of us must live that way. All right? And so we're not a church that cuts its losses. We're not a church that's trying to dismiss children. I'm telling you, there's there's a pile of mess over on the other side of that building right now. All right? In every one of those rooms, there's just a big pile of mess over there. It's, it's God's great, big, beautiful mess, all right? But well, I'll tell you what's really in those rooms when you can get your eyes from beyond that, all right, is there is potential, there is future, there is destiny, there is calling, there is amazing grace that is at work over there that we cannot begin to comprehend or understand. Now, let me tell you this. When God looks down and he looks in this room, he sees a big old mess. We are. But that same grace is available to us, his children, his sons and daughters. That is for those on the other side of the building. And you and I live in that place of that kind of grace, all right? And so now let's let's just kind of bring this all home here. Here are the expectations. First, that everyone is going to start to consider more and deeper and embrace the wonder of your adoption as God's child. You're going to live out of that understanding that you are a son and daughter of the Father, Almighty God, the Creator. Secondly, you're going to prayerfully consider how that you can financially support adoption in Life Church, and you're going to begin to give out of a generous heart to the Life Church Adoption Fund, to Caitlin's Fund, to individual families who are adopting. I'm not at issue with how you do it. Just open your generous heart and your wallet to, 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 to help us do this so that we can help and bless these families. And third, if you are one of those families, you are going to prayerfully let God lead you in the decision that you need to make if that decision is to adopt a child or children or to foster care of someone, to be a family that demonstrates this love of the Father in Life Church. I want to close this way. I want to ask those families who have adopted or maybe you are thinking about adopting. If you would come and join me up here, I would love to pray for you. If you're willing to be prayed for, please come. I want us to gather around you and pray for you today as adoptive families. Now, do this for two reasons, because we want to pray for you. We want to bless you. But I also do it because I want the other families in Life Church to, under, to know who adoptive families are. So you may... <laughs> come on. It's okay. You can come on. All right? Let's... Let's just pray for these. Come quickly, all right? Let's just pray for these families today. Um, You and I will never know all the stories because they can't all be told. But there are many stories for each family. And we just want to pray for you today. We want to bless you. And we want to encourage you and strengthen you today. Um, Now, if any of you, uh, our elders are going to come. Our elders and their wives are going to come. And if you guys will step out just a little bit, the elders are going to come behind you. And uh, they're just going to be prayerful with you t- today. 
If any of you, you feel a deep connection to one of these families and you just want to come up here uh, and stand with them and support them in prayer, you can do that as well. This is a family moment, all right? This is absolutely a family moment. Each of these families have said yes to adoption. And they're already living it out and walking it out. And they're facing the, the, the highs and the lows of being adopted families. And so we want to pray for them. So will you stand with me? We're going to sing a song. You can remain standing after the prayer. We're going to go right into a song here. Uh, but I want to pray for each of these, these people here today. All right? Agree with me. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We declare you a good God and a faithful God. And we ask you, Father, that you would bring forth strength and courage, that you would minister blessing, Lord, over each of these families, Father. We pray, God, that they would know and feel your hand upon them, that they would know and feel your precious love, Father, in the name of Jesus that there would be absolutely nothing the enemy could do. No weapon formed against them shall prosper in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you that today you would speak peace and comfort and wholeness, Lord, over each of them. Lord, we understand that there is absolutely nothing that is impossible for you, nothing too great for you, Father. And so, God, we come to you, Lord, believing that indeed you have placed each one of these families in this church for just such a time as this, God that you put your hand upon each of them, Lord, that they may be instruments, Lord, of revelation, of understanding, and of direction, and encouragement for Life Church. And we pray, God, that we as your people will have the desire and the willingness and the obedience to support them in every way possible. We ask you, God, that you would arise, the enemy would be scattered, you would get glory and honor and praise in each of their lives, God. Show us as a church how to gather around them in more than just prayer, but that we can love them and support them in every way that they need. God, do this for your glory and bless these adoptive children in each of these families. God, bless them with the special love of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we ask you for miraculous things to happen in each of these children's lives, God. We pray that in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen, amen. You can be seated if you want to. Uh, let's join in a song, and then we'll be done today. <laughs>